This is a Diet of Brussels. What are the parliamentary groups in the European Parliament uh, actually for? Now, this is a, a slight reformulation of a, a question that's uh, come through on uh, uh, our Twitter account from uh, Gray Gosling, uh, who's uh, asked questions before. Um, he was asking particularly about uh, the European People's Party, but I, I, I'm reframing it uh, because I think it's useful just to have a, a broader sense. Um, the question really comes out of a discussion about uh, the relationship between national political parties and their European counterparts. Uh, and uh, the exchange was uh, much more about uh, the Conservatives and, and their position in all of this. Um, the way the European Parliament works is that uh, MPs sit primarily within party groups. So uh, national parties, uh, their MEPs, uh, don't sit uh, with uh, MEPs from uh, uh, their country, but from uh, in groups that are made up of ideologically aligned uh, parties from, from other countries. So we've got uh, a number of groups. We've got two big groups. We've got a, a centre-left group, uh, the European uh, Party of European Socialists. Uh, we've got a centre-right group, which is the European People's Party. And then we've got a number of smaller groups. Uh, we've got a conservative group. We've got one for uh, green politics. We've got one for eurosceptics. We've got one that's more far-right group. Uh, uh, we've got uh, the whole range of uh, the, the political spectrum. And we've got some people who don't uh, fit into any of those groups. And you have to have a minimum number of MEPs from a minimum number of member states to actually form a group. So uh, there's always uh, odds and sods who are uh, not really uh, aligned. Now that matters uh, not so much in a, an ideological context, although these groups are increasingly coherent and cohesive in the way that they vote, uh, but it also matters in the way that the parliament works, that being part of a group gives you access to funding, it gives you access to speaking time, uh, uh, and uh, also, importantly, to uh, offices. So uh, posts such as the President of the Parliament, uh, Chairman of Committees, uh, Rapporteurs who write the reports that the committees do, all of these things are allocated uh, on the basis of the size of your group. So if you're not in a group, you get very little time, very little access to uh, uh, the, the levers of the way the Parliament works. So there's a real value in being part of a large group. Now, uh, British parties have always had a, a somewhat problematic uh, issue uh, here, which is that, uh, firstly, their politics has been uh, not so well aligned uh, uh, with uh, the groups that have existed. Um, and as a result, uh, British MEPs have often found themselves in a, in a relatively uh, marginalised position. Now, we can think about this in two ways. In the longer run, the Conservative Party has been on a trajectory which has made it less and less comfortable with its position uh, within the Parliament. So when it first started, it was part of this large centre-right group, the European People's Party, which uh, gave it access to uh, a relatively high level of influence. But as the party became more and more sceptical, particularly from the 1990s, um, that uh, there was more and more pressure to uh, move out and form a, a different group or to simply be non-aligned. Um, 
in the end, uh, it was David Cameron's uh, elections party leader that saw that actually happening. Now, um, you can argue that that's uh, actually paid off, that the group of uh, European Conservatives and Reformists, uh, which uh, the Conservatives formed uh, back uh, in uh, the last Parliament, has actually now become the third largest group um, that exists, overtaking the Liberal group. Uh, that used to be sort of the, the, the balance between centre-left and centre-right. But still, uh, it, it highlights one of the issues of uh, doing this. That This isn't only about the European Parliament, it's also about uh, the wider party interactions. So uh, both uh, all the large groups, uh, their national leaders will often get together for summits to discuss policy and politics as they go along. And uh, one of the things that uh, has been a consequence of Cameron removing Conservatives from the EPP has been that he no longer takes part in these summits uh, before European councils. Now, uh, you can see the impact of that, that uh, with the uh, renegotiation, uh, with issues like uh, the Eurozone crisis or the migration crisis, that uh, Cameron has uh, been deprived of an opportunity to do some informal politicking uh, with uh, a large, the large number of centre-right uh, prime ministers and presidents who uh, do belong to the EPP. The second example, I think, is, is equally obvious, which is the rise of those uh, parties who have rejected the EU uh, to a greater or lesser extent, and particularly UKIP here, that as UKIP has become larger and larger, um, it uh, was never going to be part of one of the main groups, and so it's always found itself in uh, relatively uh, small and relatively unstable uh, constellations and groups uh, that bring together Eurosceptics who often don't agree on much other than that they don't like the EU. Now, again, UKIP has been able to build up a larger group in the current parliament uh, following uh, the 2014 elections, but still it means that uh, the two largest contingents of MEPs from the UK, UKIP and the Conservatives, belong to relatively small groups, which means that you only have the, uh, the Labour uh, MEPs in a large group uh, where they are still relatively influential. Now, you might say that that's neither here nor there, that uh, the consensual nature uh, and the grand coalition nature of the parliament means that that's uh, less of an issue. But uh, these party groups are not just about providing access to resources, they're also about uh, communities of exchange and debate, that they are not uh, strongly coercive in terms of forcing uh, constituent MEPs to vote one way or another. But it's um, uh, much more about uh, creating uh, an awareness of issues across national boundaries. And I think uh, if we continue to have this kind of situation, then the UK uh, continues to find itself uh, outside of debates at a point where it might be more influential.